Steve, good morning. Nick, good morning. Good morning. How are you? How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm good, very, thank you. very fine. Thank you. How are you? Wonderful. Yes, we're in. Uh, we're in spring almost. We're in spring. No, we're in spring. We're in. A th- uh, yeah, I think that counts. It's sunny today. Um, took the dog out for a walk yesterday. It was very nice. How how's, nice. how's things? How's things in in Castle Evans? Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's great. Lovely, lovely, lovely. The house is clean. The cat's not been sick for two days. Um, there's plenty of milk in the fridge. So things couldn't be better, really. <laughs> You're a very simple creature, aren't you? Very easily pleased. <laughs> um, so, yeah, well, we've got a few things to get through today. So we, we might as well crack on, Steve. It's, yeah, it's another podcast. It's early doors. Let's get going. Bunsen, Dolly, Internal, Why do we need Petri, Oscar, Isaac, Transplanting? Oh, Steve, how you doing? I'm all right, mate. I'm off to the Bahamas this week. Bloody hell. That's where um, the uh, owner of Wolverhampton Wanderers Football Club lived for tax purposes. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Well, I've never been before. I've got to go for it. He 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 called himself the Golden Tit. Because he gave so much money to Wolves, he felt like a, an idiot, and he called himself that. But he lived in the Bahamas because he was dead rich. And so all of the tax he didn't pay, he could give to Wolves instead, basically. I think so, yeah. So you're yeah, basically a state-sponsored like state, state uh, uh, club, is that what you're we're, saying? We're owned by the Chinese now. This was a few years ago. but yeah. Anyway, the Bahamas, man, that sounds amazing. Are you yeah. going to, like, I don't know, are you going to be fed pina coladas on a beach by a lady in a, a grass oh well, that's that's what i assume what happens to everyone that arrives at the bahamas no I, it's it's um one of the people that fund some of the research in our lab they get everyone together um and it just so happens to be in the bahamas here which is very nice but um but it's a quite a short trip it's only it's only four days so i'm flying out and then turning around and coming back oh no can you bunk off stuff and just go and like on the beach and things yeah, I mean that's the only reason I'm going, Nick. It's just to, like you know, <laughs> just to go sit on the beach on my own, be grumpy. It's weird. That, it's weird that they have to do it in a place like that when you know, couldn't they do it at Heathrow Airport? Well, I, I mean, there's people all over the world, but I agree they could do it somewhere where it's easy to get to. You could I mean, do it. Spend, like, yeah. Are they spending like a load of charitable money on like a load of beardy punters like you to go and yeah, hang out in the Bahamas? Exactly. I mean, it's, it sounds quite like you know, like glamorous, but really all I'm doing is is you know gonna go and sit and eat dinner on my on a hotel in a hotel room bed for four days right and then get on an airplane again so yeah oh well anyway that sounds it's not like you're on holiday you're not like you know it's like you say the cocktails aren't flowing you know do you want do you want a pina colada yeah i do actually that'd be great i don't think that's going to be happening we're just going to be doing a bunch of people talking about you know error bars and and um, statistical functions for a few days that sounds like <laughs> your idea of heaven to be honest yeah, with you. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've been in Sweden. How, how how is Sweden doing? Are they are they completely uh, out of the COVID hump now? They're like a kind of Rolling Stones country in COVID. COVID Rolling Stones. They just don't give a fuck. They just don't. They, they don't care. Didn't they, didn't they not have a mask mandate for a very long time and things? It's been they they had no lockdown. Is that right in Sweden? I think they did. They had a voluntary lockdown. They didn't have like right. mandated stuff. Right. But I've not been there for ages because I've not really been allowed to go. So it's my um, my in-laws live in the south of Sweden. So it's really nice to kind of see them after a long time. But um, 
yeah, we got on the because still you have got to wear masks on aeroplanes and and in the airport in 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 Britain. So I got on the plane in London and went to Stockholm, and then we changed and went to another smaller place in Sweden. As soon as you get and you got to wear a mask on the plane when you go. Right. As soon as you get into Sweden, no one cares. You right. immediately take your mask off, and you're in another plane, and no one right. wears a mask or anything. I mean, so, that inter- very... so the internal flights and there were no masks. No, it's just laissez-faire. <laughs> It's probably yeah. been that. I think it's been like that for quite a long time. They haven't really taken it as uh, seriously as other countries. Have. Anyway, I had a nice time, but I wanted to talk to you about something that I saw in Sweden, which started right. thinking. What did you see? What did crows. You see crows. 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 Corvids. Corvids. Yes. Yeah. One of the most intelligent. Ah, uh, can you not think of anything more interesting to that talk to me about this? That's two bird things we've spoken about in two weeks. <laughs> Boring. Coincidence, isn't it? But anyway, tell me about crows. Well, the crows there are are like white and black. You know, like a normal crow, a carrot, we call them a carrion. There's lots of different types of crows, and the ones that most people see are called carrion crows, sort of the common or garden crow. So that's just like the black, black yeah. crow that that, that black, medium like... size, cause yeah. a lot, that sort of thing. We've got yeah. lots of other ones in Britain, like rooks and jackdaws and magpies and ravens, but really the one that you see most often is a, is a carrion crow. Anyway. Yeah, there's loads of them in Finsbury Park. See them all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, um, anyway, in, in Sweden, they they look the same, but they're, they, they're white and black. So they're not just like black. They look the same, but they've sort of got a black head, a white body and black wings. Black beak still. Well, it's grey, really. Yeah, black beak. Grey, grey sort of bits. Grey and black wings. Anyway. So it looks like a bit like a three-piece suit. Is that what they look like? like? Yeah. You'd say they were pied. Like, yeah. um, you know, like a magpie, like a less extreme version of a magpie. <clears throat> and you don't see normal crows. And I knew a bit about this because, as you know, Steve, I was in the Young Ornithologists Club. As You're a bird a nerd. A bird nerd. Anyway, um, yeah, it's clear when you go up to Scotland, it's the same thing. If you go to the north of Scotland, you don't right. have, you, you stop seeing the black crows. You just get these grey and black ones. Okay. And I'd obviously been interested in this in the past. And I always had the perception that they're actually the same. They're the same species. There's no different. There's just this sort of variation in the, in the coat colour of the birds, feather colour. Just, just a different type. Just a different just type. A I, different type. I, I remember when we lived in um, uh, California, they had black squirrels, didn't they? Exactly. They the, did, like, yeah. It's yeah. probably quite similar. Yeah. Because they look similar to the grey ones, don't they? It looks exactly the same. They were just black. I've never seen them before until I moved there. Anyway, I thought I'd look into it a bit more. Right. And, oh my god it's a whole can of kind of genetic worms <laughs> and it's really complicated so i'm okay. going to attempt to explain what's going on so basically a long time ago there was uh, an ice age right mm. and so hundreds of thousands of years ago and there have been ice ages going on for ages and what happens during an ice age is lots of ice comes down and warm bits warmer bits get separated from each other right by loads of ice yeah. so what happened in this late Pleistocene era apparently was these original ancestral crows, which were probably all black, right? The normal crows were separated into bits in Spain, in Iberia, the Iberian Peninsula, and bits in Eastern Europe. Okay, yeah. so they and then they lived like that for a while. And what eventually happened was, of course, but can't, ice... can't birds fly over a glacier, Nick? Surely birds they... would be most of, of all of the animals that could be geographically isolated. Surely birds would be 
they mean to that. One can one can only think that crows are particularly slovenly animals. Right, lazy, like to, so they're lazy bastards, and they, they just don't just want to like fly to, over the glacier. They know they like their they like their hood. They like to chill in it. They know right. they know what they like. They Fair hang enough. Anyway, so they got isolated for quite a long time. Anyway, when they came together, when the ice melted, there were these two distinct colours, all right? And if you, in Europe, if you look at a map of Europe and you plot the, where the crows are now, you mm. can pretty much draw a line and it follows in Eastern Europe. I didn't know this. It follows in Eastern Europe, the river Elbe, Elbe in Germany, which sort of flows diagonally up through Germany from kind of like the, the south, um, so southeastern e- part. Even up, now the, the crows like don't, Hamburg. don't move. What? So the River Elf, if you're on one side of the river, they're all black. And nah. if you just go to the other side of the river, Rubbish. they're all... No absolutely. way. Yeah, and they're to- it's very, very well... They won't even fly across a river. No, they do, but they don't breed. So they're like, they kind of just stay... It's just a... Ge- it's, that's a good question. I don't understand. Why, don't, why doesn't a posse of them just fly <laughs> out? And like establish all, like a colony. Because if you're like, like the if you're British. like the black crow and you go across <laughs> the river to the to, when you see the lady crows over there, they're gonna be like, "Who's that all black crow? That's super cool. That's relatively unusual. I want to get with that black crow." That's what so, you think, wouldn't you? So weird, isn't it? Anyway, you draw a line up there, and it goes up through sort of Denmark and then into Scotland, right? So they sort of okay. and Scandinavia is where I was. They're all they're all hooded. So it's quite interesting. Anyway. Why is this going on? What the hell is going on, right? Is it crazy? So people have done... Up until 2002, people thought they were the same species. Okay. Anyway, there was a study done by this chap called um, Jochen, I think you pronounce his name, J-O-C-H-E-N, Jochen Wolf, the wolf man. Anyway, Professor Jochen Wolf, he's been interested in this for some time. He's a bird nerd, a bit like me, except he took it up as a career. Um, anyway, in 2014, they sort of did like some sequencing with what technology had at the time. Mm-hmm. And they found that they're just dead similar. Like the, the differences between the hooded crows and the normal crows is less than between different populations of the black crows. Well, that's so, a little like, bit like, Spanish little black bit like crow. Race, race, isn't it? In, like, you know, in, in humans, they say that genetically, you're, the, the variation between races is smaller than the variation within a race. Uh, I don't know so much about that. I think you've got to be a little bit careful when you extrapolate, you know, finding this bird population. No, 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 indeed. But yeah. Yeah. But anyway, they're they're basically, um, there were these two different populations and they're they're different within the Blackpool. Anyway, in this sequencing, which they didn't really understand, from what I can read, they didn't quite understand what was going on. There are very, very few um, differences at all, hardly any, in fact. And there were only sort of 82 differences in the genes of the crows. And they're all scattered in one region, which was something to do with melanocytes, something to do with black feathers. Yeah. Anyway, they couldn't work this out. Long time. They worked on it. And only last year, they published a new study when they actually found what was happening here. So they found what's called a retrotransposon. Have you heard of transposons? Don't know what a transposon, Nick. Tell me what a transposon is. They were a jumping gene. So no. our genomes, like you and I and all animals, they're a hodgepodge. Of, so it's kind of like a, a zoo of loads of different crazy little animals that live in our DNA, right? And yeah. you have these things called transposons, which are thought to be viruses originally, but they can move. They've, they've got their own little equipment, which they can use to digest DNA and move from one place to another. So they're a source of variation in genomes. It's one of these things that's evolved to enable natural selection to enable the occasional mutation 
so that something may be beneficial or not beneficial. Okay. So anyway, there's this retrotransposon. It's in a part of the genome which is uninteresting, doesn't really do much, but it links to another gene called NDP, Norin, which is involved in wind signaling in plumage colour. So it's kind of regulate, regulates or is regulated by this other gene somewhere else that's got something to do with feathers. So, so what the point I'm trying to make is it's a really obscure thing. Couldn't find mm. it at first. Even in 2014, didn't really know what it was. It took take until last year before they've worked out what it is. Anyway, it's thought that this retrotransposon, which the hooded crows have, but the black crows don't have, is responsible for it. And going back to your earlier question about it, mm. No one knows what the selected what the selective pressure is. Okay, no one knows what advantage is because usually, you know, I don't know. Some people who are listening may have heard of the the peppered moth, which is like the school example of this moth, which comes in black and white forms. During the Industrial Revolution, the black form became prevalent because it was camouflaged on sooty trees. Usually, the speckled form was camouflaged against lichen. But when the Industrial Revolution happened, all the trees went black. Suddenly the black one had an advantage. So they became prevalent. Okay, so it may be something similar going on with these crows. But most people think it's just sexual selection. It's just the black crows. They don't fancy the hooded crows. So So I was right. So you're right. So across the Elba, you know, you do get they do. So, okay, there's a lot to unpack here. But basically the. the the, the 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 black crows don't when they do interbreed the offspring are fertile but they just don't do it very often okay so yeah. um it's a sort of fascinating example it's almost it's been called like a microcosm of speciation so this idea of what distinguishes species and people still don't really know what distinguishes one species from another um you know so you, hold on so what you're saying is so there's, a, there's the hooded crows on one side and the black crows on the other. And for some reason, they just don't interbreed. They there's no, and they, and they don't, and it's to, but they understand genetically what causes that difference. But something presumably about that genetic change is affecting the, the, the brain of the crow somewhat to say that is an ugly crow. <laughs> those, those, <laughs> those, those, those splitters over the other side of the river, I hate them, they're ugly. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's like kind of they know they're put off for some reason mating with with them. And it's probable that this happens in, you know, the famous example in the Galapagos Islands, you've got birds and different animals with different traits. And it may be part part of it is because of geographical isolation. But when they come together again, it may be because they just don't recognize them as being a sexy thing that you want to want to have sexy fun with. So, so it's kind of like um, this is kind of the essence of um, speciation. Basically, it's funny. Lots of animals that you would consider quite unrelated mm. can can mate with each other, can hybridize. For instance, blue whales and mink whales. Um, you know, there are other examples if I can find it now. Um, well, I know there's that really there's that famous example that's in the um, horses and, and donkeys, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, tigers and lions. Yeah, wolves um, and coyotes. Wolves and coyotes. Right? Yeah. Well, so a, the concept, basically, the concept of species is that is not immutable. It's like mm. it's really, really hard to define, basically. And there's some overlap. Um, there was that example um, of uh, I think they're called ring species, which are in the um, Ancestor Tale by Richard Dawkins, and they talk about a salamander. I, I'm going to get this wrong. I think it's in Spain, 
um, there's a salamander that basically has evolved around basically you know that the salamander exists all the way around this mountain and there's this kind of quite extended mountain range but if you look at like one side of the mountain versus the other those salamanders cannot interbreed they are sufficiently different but as you go along and around the mountain any one of the salamanders can interact with another of the salamanders and breed with them but they basically geographically like uh, evolutionally diverged enough such that the salamander at the end and the salamander at the beginning can't can't breed yeah, but, but mean, any of the individuals in the length can it's interesting isn't it and that's how species are coming up but the striking thing of course about the hooded crow is that they're only it just across the river it's like us and them it's crazy anyway i'll uh, if any of you go to eastern europe or to, to sweden have a look out or even to scotland and you'll see these things hopping about is it a bit is it a bit like like people that are from wolves in birmingham but and and, and, and birmingham, birmingham. Exactly. Wolves in birmingham can they uh, not interbreed either they hate each other well my my one of my best friends is interbred with a brummie so, oh well, there you go okay yeah. there's evidence to the contrary and they're they're his offspring are very um look very healthy to me <laughs> nick uh, <laughs> how are you doing yeah i'm good man yeah what have you what got you, for me what have i got for you right i've um i found a paper Oh, <clears throat> I've come across this paper, right? Um, and uh, it's by a journal that I—it's it's an Elsevier journal that I've never come across before. Um, but it's you know it's a peer-reviewed journal, um, so you know that you know behind a paywall, you know classic, you know Elsevier is a is a big publisher called Elsevier. Ex- I mean, I don't, I don't. <clears throat> Elsevier is not necessarily a sign of quality. No, but That's it's not certainly it's not it's not a, a, a sign to the contrary. I would no. say like, it's not no, necessarily they public. I mean, they'll they, if there's money in it, Elsevier will will. Do you, do you know what I mean? They'll they'll they are kind of renowned a little bit to be kind of like cash cash grabbing. They, they oh really, my god! They, really they just go do not the... care. They do not care. They do not care. And anyway, I shouldn't say too much more. Anyway, so I've, I came across this journal called Explore. It's called the Journal of Science and Healing. Right. <laughs> Which, um, which you know, you like healing, don't you? You've studied healing quite a lot, Nick, right? Oh, dude, everyone likes healing. <laughs> no, but Especially you studied it as a, as a researcher. Sexual healing. Um, anyway, um, the, 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 the chief editor of that is a guy called Larry Dosey, who, um, who's a physician. Um, he's, you know, quite a reasonably, you know, respected, you know, academic co-founder of the Dallas Diagnostic Association, former chief of staff at the Medical City Dallas Hospital, right? So, you know, like, you know, like, you know someone that you would, you know, really consider, uh, you know, an expert. Anyway, he's a bit of a kind of, he's a bit of a kind of new age kind of hippie kind of science, scientist, Nick, anyway. Right. So he's founded this, this um, uh, science of journal and healing. Anyway. I'll get to my get to the article which came out um, in uh, 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 relatively recently. It was published in January of this year, and it's called "The Effects of Different Music on HEC two nine three T Cell Growth and Mitochondrial Functions." So, I mean, <laughs> why? <laughs> what are you doing? Why they you can't do interpret the music. No, that's not true, Nick. If the, the, the results uh, say to the contrary. Well, couldn't why why not take a slightly more reductionist view and look at different wavelengths and frequencies of noise? Because that's what it is. Honestly, <clears throat> honestly Nick, you'll love it. To do it's... with the music. So, so what this what this uh, <laughs> article is about is a series of um, nonsense. 
yes, it's serious nonsense. There's people from both the US and China, and they they took a kind of cell culture, so cells in a petri dish, yeah. and they I've played. I think they're human epithelial kidney cell lines. That's right. Actually, it's quite an interesting story about hex cells. They were discovered in. They were kind of. It's, it's actually. Um, that uh, they know there's something about how they're created, whose lab they're in, they're created in 1973. Anyway, it's one of these immortalized cell lines that just keep on growing, right? So they grow in a dish, right? And, and all they've done, you're like this, I'll read you the first sentence. First sentence of the abstract. Mitochondria are considered the portal to receive, process, and integrate external energy and information to maintain cellular homeostasis. <laughs> I mean... I can't even, it's beyond a joke. Isn't Previous it? studies have hell? demonstrated that mitochondrial function and antioxidant capacity in vitro culture of mammalian cells is modified by different energetic stimuli, including electromagnetic energy, acoustic energy, external chi, and subtle energy emitted by written text in relatively short time frames. <laughs> I mean, the first two are probably true. Fine. Elect- yeah, I yeah, I think it's probably true. Yeah, I mean, acoustic vibrations, and then external chi, chi and chi? Su- subtle energy emitted by written texts what does, rel- mean? What does that mean is that like in, in relatively short time frames is that so if you talk to yourself is this like a kind of prince charles talking to the tree <laughs> thing talking to your plants i suspect so um are we going to continue with this <laughs> honestly it's quite inter- it's quite an interesting one um, you know, so the objective of the study was to compare Eastern and Western music styles on cell function at the biochemical level to understand the underlying mechanisms involved. OK, yeah. And so they played Chinese five element music with two uh-huh. types of Western music. So what 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 type of Western music would you pick for, for the controls here, Nick? The, the Beatles. No, heavy uh, metal and and classical. Did they specify which artists? They don't, but they do give oh, the waveform. I mean, of a little why bit not even in the not even in the supplementary? <laughs> no, not like a bind. Um, <laughs> How am I going to reproduce this? You can't just like, say like, it could be like, Slayer. <laughs> it could be like eighties Kiss. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it could it's be totally Slipknot. Music could be yeah. Anyway, you like this? They say heavy metal with a grim with a grim and harsh atmosphere can help people vent their desperation. <laughs> <laughs> I did used to listen to heavy metal when I was doing my homework as like a 13 year old. Yeah. Used to keep me going. Um, Yeah. So, so anyway, they they do this study, they basically play music to a bunch of Petri dishes and then they evaluate the self cells for the production of ATP glutathione and their cellular growth rate. Okay. Um, And they see, they see significant changes, right. Which I think probably is just noise. Um, um, well, but, you know, the, 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 like I mean, they're couldn't, saying, couldn't there be like some if they're growing the cells in this environment with the music, it might it might kind of make the person who's doing the experiment agitated or do you know what I mean? Or the person could be unbiasedly affecting it because they get because they hate Slayer, you know, that's like, exactly my point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it said, um, so it's, in- it's interesting to note that although both five element music and classical music are relaxing music and both have a similar spectral distribution of frequencies, their biological effects are only similar with respect to increasing growth. Therefore, our results appear to indicate that five element music has a more beneficial effect on human physiology than classical music. That's one that's of their an, findings. I'll tell you what, that's an extrapolation, isn't it? <laughs> Science shed, we're in the science 
Bunsen, Dolly, Internal, Why do we need? Patrick, Oscar, Isaac, Transplanting, Nick. Oh, there's another one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got to go to. Um... Can we not do a bird one next time? <laughs> Surely there must be other interesting things in the entire gamut of science than just birds. Oh, well, I I I found find birds interesting, but yeah, you're right. Maybe I should branch out. It's just it's just the sort of thing which I remembered. So I thought, oh, I'm going to read. No, no, no. Read I'm, I, don't, I don't don't I don't mind dipping dipping the toes in to the ornithological yeah, pond. Wanna, we, we don't want to make this make this uh, a bird related podcast. You know, the last one. You know, when I was so regular listeners will remember that the bird one that we're referring to from last week's was about the egrets and the fact they had this comb <laughs> and i forgot to make the joke that i'd read in one of the articles about it which was it was the titled pectinate, the pectinate claw it was tight the, the article was was titled egrets i've had a few oh god oh god anyway steve if people want to complain about the terrible nature <laughs> of this podcast how do they do that <laughs> Well, the, the best thing they can do if they like the Science Shed is to share it on social media, just to retweet it on Twitter or, or whatever your social media platform of choice is. We're also available on, on Spotify or any of your you know, Apple podcasts or any of your favourite podcatchers. Um, they can also interact with us um, on Twitter. I'm Steve the Chemist. I'm at the Evans Lab. Or indeed, they can tweet us directly uh, uh, at the Science Shed. They can indeed. So don't be shy. Don't be shy, folks. Get involved if you want to send us any uh, anything that's been bothering you or interested in you'd like us to we can maybe have like off. an agony aunt section where nick yeah. could give you life advice yeah yeah life <laughs> advice if you if you're if you're working in the lab and you hate yourself and your life and everything yeah. else i sympathize so yeah get involved <laughs> i'll offer you empathy and well, constructive I mean, suggestions for, for a very short time a small amount of empathy followed by massive derision but that's healthy. Mm. It's healthy to laugh together. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, folks, have a good one. See you next time. Goodbye. Bye.